Hello and welcome to New England Beer Reviews. My name's TJ Davis with my constant cohort, Emily Schick, and our very special guest this week. Actually, it's the title of our episode. This is number 63, the Vic Ruggiero interview. How the fuck are you guys today? Not too bad. Yeah, hanging in there. You know, I... I changed my recent, uh, I, I was saying live in the dream when uh, every time somebody <laughs> asks me, how you doing? I say live in the dream. Recently, I changed it to living on a prayer and then, because we went, we drove through New Jersey. Honestly, I, like, I think I like that one more. I, I, yeah. I've like spending years and years in the restaurant industry. I have, you know, used the double thumbs up, live in the dream. <laughs> yeah. Live in the dream. In some ways I felt like living the dream was a little obnoxious. I was like, I don't want to put it in anybody's face, you know, like, hey, living the dream, baby, you know? <laughs> so I, so then I was like living on a prayer, you know? And then I had, I changed it for, for a day to something else, but I think living on a prayer might stick. I, I like living on yeah. a prayer. Living on a prayer like works. <laughs> yeah. Plus I love New Jersey. So I'm okay. I'm okay with bigging up New Jersey. Somebody <laughs> has to love New Jersey. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Either I got to say, either I got to say living on a prayer or I got to say born to run. <laughs> oh god oh yeah stick with uh-huh. living on a prayer <laughs> the board runs pretty good too how you doing big one run <laughs> All right, guys, before we get into our conversation today, let's get into beer number one today. Beer number one today comes to us from Wandering Souls Beer Company out of um, uh, memory. Can you help? Um, a, a place in New Hampshire. Oh, uh, no. Oh, it, no. It's Norwood, Mass. Oh, yeah. it's Beverly, well, it, Mass. Yeah, it's the Beverly, Mass. In Beverly, Mass. Yeah, it's yeah. Brewed, it brewed for them by Castle Island, who's in Norwood. Oh, Rad. Norwood. We have a Norwood connection with the Slackers, you know, uh, our trombone players from Norwood. Oh, oh, did not nice. know that originally. He's a he's a Norwood oh Norwoodian. Uh, I spent two years of my life living in Norwood. It's where my first car accident happened when I was chased <laughs> by Dick Kids while riding a bike into a car head on. Oh so, my god! Happy days. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a good sounds like a good Massachusetts story. Man. I feel like yeah, more people I know in Massachusetts have kooky stories like that. <laughs> Does your trombone player happen to know Dickie Barrett? Because I know Dickie Barrett grew up in Norwood, didn't he? He does. Actually, I was going to say they have that okay. in common. Yeah, because my uh, I, the first company that I did environmental consulting for, the owner, uh, well, the whole family was from Norwood, and the owner went to high school with Dickie Barrett. And he yeah. was like, yeah, he was on my baseball team. He used to show up with a with a pack of smokes in his sock. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, that sounds about right. Dickie's all kind of people. He's like a funny guy. Oh yeah, we saw. Right. I saw him he, somewhere recently. He was. He's out. I don't know. Somewhere out west. He he's hanging around. But um, nice. Um, yeah, the Massachusetts connection. There's a big. I mean, obviously the New York and Massachusetts, but yeah, our trombone player guy. He's a real. He's a real Boston area. Boston. What are they? They're not boroughs out there. They're something else, right? suburbs um suburbs i mean well i mean boston has i guess i guess they're called neighborhoods yeah 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 because like, they, like, they act the same as boroughs but... yeah because yeah but they're just i mean it's there's more of them and they're smaller yeah but all right let, let's we're like, yes, sorry we're like four minutes into this episode and we haven't cracked a <laughs> beer yet. Uh, so it's from Wandering Souls Beer Company. It's called Love Bombs. It's a German-style Pilsner from their mm-hmm. Stereo Session series, volume, or Stereo Sessions, volume one. 
Alrighty, guys. In three, two, one. Crack. Sprayed myself in the face a little bit because it wouldn't right. be an episode of the show if I didn't. Very good. So let's see. I was told that Pilsner's you're supposed to pour it a little more straight into the bottom. Depending on the shape of the glass. Um, I have a habit of, well, Emily and I both use like goblet style glasses. So if it's mm. more of a straight glass, you do want to have like a slightly harder pour. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This makes a nice head, I must say. Oh, it's looking pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that smell. It's got the Pilsner smell. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw on the side of the can that this is a brewed in collaboration with the jazz ska reggae band, The Attractors. No way. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just, I mean, we didn't pick it because of that. It just like, it. I just was reading the side of the can and was like, hey, wait. <laughs> No, we totally planned it like last week's episode with the two fruit punch sours. Yeah, that was, yeah. But that's actually not bad at all. That actually tastes like a, that tastes like a real beer. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's got like, usually I'm not a huge fan of like Pilsner Lager because I find their flavors too Mm. light outside of like, you know, Notch. I think that Notch does really good like German style beers, but like yeah. this is fantastic, especially for yeah. a fucking Pilsner. Yeah, totally. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, there's one I drink out on the West Coast here. Um, that's a it's called Trumer, like T R U M E R. Oh, huh. And it's from Northern California, and it's got that same smell, like when you. You just smell it like when, when you open the, you know, you open the bottle and you pour it, you just like, you get that weird, that kind of hoppy, like, it just kind of jumps out at you. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, and it's nice. It's not one of those where it's like, you know, I, I have a couple of beers. I, I like the flavor, but it's almost like immediately the first sip or the second sip, I it gets kind of like bready and like, okay, it's like, like. And that a good a good pilsner shouldn't do that. That's yeah. more of like they have like beers in Germany that that do things like that where they're like, oh yes, it's this filling, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's not ideal, you know. Well, I yeah. mean, bread beers have been around for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always think of oh, um, it's good. I always think Tahanke. of the Henke from Dogfish Head. Back That's when Dogfish like, Head was cool, yeah, mm. that was like actually based on you know electrospectrogram of you know beer samples that they found from ancient egyptian times and they tried oh, to like I had recreate that one it yeah I had also that one. it's electrospectrogram it's mass Whatever. spectrometry mass spectrometry <laughs> fine miss science <laughs> <laughs> that's right they had they had the um they had um somebody found like grains of barley or something like that in mm-hmm. a tomb wasn't that it and it came with like a mm-hmm. beer recipe yeah yeah no there's yeah. been a no they did a few like uh, ancient, ancient ales, ales. yeah um mm-hmm. but like I, i've seen a bunch of other places not a bunch but like there have definitely mm-hmm. been other places that have done like historical beer recipes um we had a brewery called pretty things here for a number mm-hmm. of years and they did a um 
it was more like historical beers in like English history. Mm-hmm. Mm. And like the, that was a solid series. Yeah. What's that's the cool. name of their current brewery that's in England? Oh, or for Scotland. fuck's sake. I forget. It's in England and it's. Uh, I want to say it's in the Dales somewhere. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called right now. Yeah. Whatever. But we've got I'm a special guest, this. and we're like eight and a half minutes, and we haven't really even talked to our special guest right now. Hey, it's good. <laughs> hey, what, what was the one that you were saying, the other one that you compared it to? You were like, oh, this is good, like, whatever. Oh, Notch. Notch is yeah, a Notch. brewery in Salem, Massachusetts that does a lot of, like, um, like session German-style beers. Really? So if yeah. you like that sort of stuff, like, Notch mm-hmm. is a fantastic place to visit. And they've got... Yeah. Um, and they've got ski ball. Well, they have a ski ball machine, but it's like yeah. one of the classic ones, and it's awesome. Like I, I definitely took my mother there once, and we just like, you know, drank beer and played ski ball. Yeah. Well, this is good. I'm gonna, you know, I keep a list. I have a, uh, well, you can't see the list, but on my phone, I keep a list that's called Pilsner. There's an app for that. <laughs> is there? Really? I don't usually get. Yeah, it's a. And so I, I take pictures of the beer can. I oh, like nice. Do the whole thing. Because I, I really am serious about trying to find beers in America that pass my my muster when it comes to the German style. Because to me, it's like, you know, you, you can drink beer in Germany, feel great, taste great. It's like every everything about it is like, it's perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Then yeah, there's an app called that you're looking for, But mm. if that's what you're looking for, highly recommend checking out Notch Brewing. Notch. Yeah, okay, well, I will. Notch. Yes, Untapped is a beer tracking app that both Emily and I use and have for uh, nine years at this point. When did we go to Comic Con? 2013. So, yeah, nine years years. at this point. (laughs) And I love that in nine years I've managed to check in. uh, Shit, I think I'm at somewhere around 4,700. Oh, I thought that you'd hit 5,000. No, I haven't hit five thousand. I've hit five thousand check-ins, I think, but I'm not like not I- that not individual check-ins. Wow, forty-seven twenty-four, and that's not all of the stuff I've had. That's cool. And then, so what do you <laughs> like? It, you, I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. So anyway, ask away. What, what's your? What are you curious about? Give me the. I don't know. Should I like dip right into like my, my real? My my first my major question, or, or do we want to like softball to begin with them? Well, as you can see, I can I can certainly chat. I have the gift of gab. So, <laughs> one of the things we like it? about you, man, uh, like honestly, uh, not to like jerk you off right now, but we're super excited to have you on here. Both of us are like slightly nervous because we think you're a fucking rad dude. Ah, well, thanks. It's a it's a pleasure, really. I mean, I you know, in interviews and talking with people at podcasts and all that kind of stuff. It's cool for me. I used to love going on radio shows. That was my favorite. Nice. Oh, nice. I I miss the days of like radio shows. (laughs) Yeah. But I guess this is the new age. (laughs) Yeah. Every time I could bring a stack of records, well, we'd have a couple of new Slackers records out or they let you select. That was one of my favorites. They let you go through the back of the um, radio station and you go pick through their library. Oh, Um, rad. It's That's like awesome. the most fun. It's like the most fun. It's a dream come true when those kind of things happen. Yeah, I feel oh, like I feel my... like a kid in a candy store or something like that. Totally. I'm just like, totally. Oh, I want to yeah. play this for people. Ooh, I want to play this for people. <laughs> yeah. 
One of my yeah. favorite radio, radio stations from New York, WFMU, they um, have an amazing library. And uh, I used to go guest every once in a while. A friend of mine was a DJ there. And then every once in a while, I'd get on a show. Um, the library was so cool. I mean, like, you just, if you want, you know, oh, I want to hear, hear Calypso records today. You go to the, like, the world section and start flipping through, you know. Oh, I want to hear whatever, you know, old blues. Like, they would have such cool stuff. That sounds wicked. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really awesome. So I guess that's a question I have is, you know, what do you, if you're not listening, you know, do you listen to a lot of ska in addition to playing it? And, you know, what else do you listen to? Oh, I mean, my tastes are, are wide. You know, I that one of those things that people always ask, they go like, oh, what's what's playing in the van right now or something? And um, it's never, I'm not even sure what's playing in the van. You know, I, I kind of, ch I check things that people tell me to check on YouTube. Um, recently, I was out with Chris Murray. I don't know if you, you guys know Chris Murray. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were driving around. He's big into Mento. And Mento is kind of Calypso, Jamaican Calypso mixed with their own style. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, we would listen to a ton of that. Um, you know, listen to. Cla old classic rock kind of stuff. Uh, he's a big Dylan fan. I I'm a Dylan fan. Um, Can't go wrong. You know, whenever <laughs> whenever I'm feeling bad and I got a long trip or whatever, uh, I always try to find like a Dylan record that's always like uh, kind of centers me again. You know, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I feel like, like we all have like those those bands that you know I don't know where they come from. I mean, I know that I have a handful of like I'm in X mood. I need this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Or like, I just got broken up with. Where's Stabbing Westward when I need them? <laughs> well, somebody recently gave me um, so their iMusic account. They gave me like, made me a family member in their iMusic thing. I think it's mm -hmm. iMusic. Apple Music. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't believe how much like, when given the opportunity, what do I go to? All the old Stones records. Oh, nice. Rad. Yeah, driving around, I'm like, what do I want to listen to now? I like, I have every choice in the entire world. I go to like Sticky Fingers, you know, let it bleed. Awesome. Yeah, it's like it's nice. crazy, you know. And I think to myself, is it really crazy? I mean, these are really like my these are honestly some of my favorite things in the world. So it's like, okay, cool, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're both very all over the place musically, like. Mm -hmm. Too. Pretty much everything except for modern country. Yeah, basically. And even then, like there are still exceptions, but yeah, there's a new there's a new trend in modern country that's not bad. It's kind of modern folky country, um, mm -hmm. or like more... modern medley country, like um, oh. not not medley, but like metally. Like yeah, metal. uh, Zach Brown Band was. Uh, I went and saw them a few years back at Fenway, and. It mm -hmm. was one of the better shows that I've been to. They did a, like really? a fuck ton of covers, and oh. it was mostly them doing like semi twangy, like classic rock covers, which just that's works awesome. for me. Well, that's so what country. A lot of modern country, a lot of modern country is has become that. It's kind of like it's basically just classic rock from the seventies and eighties with mm -hmm. and, yeah. and somebody singing in a real goofball country accent that they don't even talk in <laughs> so you know uh, i, I oh, got yeah. so depressed one time driving through austin 
the slackers were, uh, you know, we're flipping through the stations and it's like, oh yeah, sure. I'll put on the country station, see whatever, what's on pop, you know, blah, blah. And, and I was driving and I'm like, guys, I'm like, literally, I mean, you could give a sixth grader this song and he'd write better lyrics, you know? Yeah. 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 I just, I can't stand when people go for that lowest common denominator, you know, um, but they, there's a market almost, for it and people will, you know, shill themselves for it. It's the same reason why we have, you know, Republican pundits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I noticed it. it it's very, it's very attached to um, items. It's very, mm. I don't want to call it materialistic, but it's, it's like item driven. It's like, I'm going to take my pickup truck and my white t-shirt and my cowboy hat and a this and a that. And it's like, you know, they don't necessarily drop brand names, but it's, but they do too. But it's, it's almost yeah. like, it's, it's like hip hop in the same way where it's like, oh, I'm going to wear this kind of jacket with these kind of shoes. I'm going to drive this kind of car. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's very branded culture, you know? Yeah. Hip hop can be like that. I mean, I, I'll, I'll strike out in defense of hip hop that it, like mm-hmm. a lot of the underground stuff doesn't tend to do that so much. Oh, big time. Yeah. 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 Well, and same with the underground country. Rap than the hip-hop because like there's some solid ass fucking hip-hop out there like i've been a huge fan of rjd2 for what like 20 years at this point (laughs) yeah no there's good stuff that's that's the thing with the country too is like on the pop end there's a lot of goofball stuff and and actually it it and rap have a lot in common it it, almost Mm -hmm. to the point where country is becoming rap like they're just rapping over they're like rapping in a country accent, you know? I was going to say, Little Nas X, anyone? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly those... where my mind goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys did good, though. I got to say, that was like a service to humanity that that happened. Oh, yeah. It, it was like, you know, the hip-hop guy, the black guy, had more country cred than anybody. You know, he, mm-hmm. when they did an interview with him, they they said he, he was like, well, I actually rode my horse to school. So, like, I actually did that, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny though. I've learned a lot. The past five years, I've been driving around the West and I kind of gave myself a mission. Um, I was sick of the East Coast. It was kind of, I had a couple of personal things that just, I was like, I need to get away. Mm -hmm. And so I started driving around the West and I told myself I was going to tour a lot of places that I had ignored or that the slackers had ignored or whatever. Um, You know, and for obvious reasons, they're the middle of nowhere, half of them. Yeah. Uh, They don't pay very well, but for one guy or two people, it's doable. And especially Mm -hmm. for two people that like camping, you know, and sleeping in a van, it's no big deal. So I actually got to drive around the boonies of like Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. You know, I drive on all the little highways and up all the side of the mountain that I don't usually go, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, you know, when I was driving one time, I was going from Phoenix up to Washington. And I thought, well, you know, I could take the big highways on the west side of the mountains, or I could go through Nevada on like the really little highways. And that yeah. was the best. I, I, every time now that I have a choice, I opt for those highways. Oh, yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. I, I prefer to take the scenic route as much as I can. I mean, you know, the, even in areas that i've been in before like there's still plenty to explore but you're not going to see it from a highway mm-hmm. so you're so. the uh road less traveled kind of type yeah i it's funny because i wasn't initially 
initially I was like, ah, come on, you know, let's just get there and pick the places you're going to go. But, but I suddenly, it was that, that drive from Arizona to Washington that I really was like, ah, let's see. And it opened up a few cities that I hadn't had any contact with. And now I went back a few times. Right. Um, yeah. And I do a lot of touring with Lauren uh, Napier. And she always, we, we call them the pencil roads. They're like the roads that are drawn on the map that like ba- they barely show up, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, I don't know, let's take that road. And I'm like, I don't know. Last time we took that road, there was like, you know, we went like 30 miles down and there was a, a, a locked gate, you know, before, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's worth it sometimes. You, oh, you cross yeah. you cross streams. One time we were driving through the the woods and the woods they kept closing in on us like it was it was like the Wizard of Oz or something, you know? It's cool. Wow. I've That's had awesome. nightmares like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I even say I even say Nevada the right way now. I say Nevada instead of Nevada, right? That's Nevada is what we say out east. And uh we say out east again, Colorado. But then yeah. you go there enough, people say Colorado. Yeah. And then, you know, you go there and people, they, they're like, hey, wow, that, thanks a lot for saying that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, have, you don't have to do that. <laughs> it's like, well, now I know how the right, how, what the right way is, so I'm going to do it the right way. Like, yeah. 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 Like when you go to Cleveland and you say, hello, Cleveland, I rule you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been busy these, I got to tell you too, the Slack is... It, it's nice to get back out on the road and um, we've been out promoting the new record that we, I guess has been out since like April or May. Um, Rad. Do, right. do you want to let, oh, well, I'm guessing that whoever's listening to this episode is, is probably a fan of yours. Cause when we were on the boat with you, um, we had a number of people being like, yeah, if you're going to have Vic on, we're going to check it out. It's like, cool, sweet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> plug the new album for us and let, let people know who might be our, some of our regular listeners. Yeah, yeah. On it's well, we are the Slackers, and the album is called "Don't Let the Sunlight Fool You," and it's on Pirates Press Records out of California. Awesome. And it's cool. It's it's uh for the first time in a long time we got on like Billboard, and uh, one of the jokes is that we even made the, I think the highest Billboard rating we got was for be, for best new band. <laughs> 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 you're like yeah sure okay yeah, yeah like we, well, okay 30 years we did good on brand new <laughs> i know it was ridiculous it was one of those things that's like you you could get mad at, about it but then you should just laugh yeah you should just laugh oh, absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think we did hit number one on reggae the reggae charts but that's not always the hardest thing to do there's not that many of us out there yeah um but still, and then, don't sell yourself short. Like that's fucking rad. You hit number well, one on great. the Billboard reggae charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We beat it. We beat out Soldier and whoever else put out a record. You know, whoever has records out. Um, so that's cool. Um, we we did make like just so far as releases and sales, we did pretty good. We did something like number forty or thirty or something like that on actual sales, and it was like, wow, that's amazing. Like that is you know, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Pirates Press has done really good for us. They actually did it the right way, and they they paid attention to their things, and they they're getting us some some play. And plus, we have like an amazing bunch of people doing things like making videos for us and stuff. So, like, if you check out YouTube and search the new Slack and stuff, it's ridiculous. 
people oh, are being awesome. really cool with Fuck, us. That's yeah, the homework I should have awesome. fucking done today is like watching music videos of yours. But here you I am thinking that. about it after the fact. So I'll watch it later. Ah, you know. Hopefully like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a new solo album coming out too, don't you? I do. I have it's that's on org records, ORG. Also out of California. And that's something I, you know, I, I went to make this record. Well, I didn't go to make the record, actually. That's the, the story is every place I went over a couple of years, I would run into people that wanted to, you know, hey, come into my studio. Come on, do this, do that. Um, and I'm always writing songs. And between the years of like, I'd say 2016 to like 19, I was certainly feeling kind of tumultuous and I had a lot of tunes coming, you know, I mean, that's how it happens, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm always sad that I don't write as much when I'm, when I'm totally happy, you know? Um, I but I guess like that's why I write usually it. Goes. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. a little stress helps a little existential crisis is, is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like Henry Miller, you know, I'm not, I don't fear it. I, I run towards it. I say mm-hmm. like, Hey, somebody's got to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, so I ended up not realizing that I made enough songs to make a record. And it was only during the quarantine that I, I started going back and saying, oh, I should release this stuff because it's, uh, you know, they were having band camp Fridays and mm-hmm. I was going through everything. Oh yeah, I got this, I got that. Uh, and I started counting the songs. I was like, I have like 14 songs here. So I picked like the best 10 released maybe three or four on Bandcamp. And uh, I actually released it on Bandcamp for a, a flash. I was like, ah, I got a new record. So a bunch of Bandcamp people downloaded it. <laughs> nice. And then all of a sudden, you know, because Bandcamp's like its own world. It's kind of its own, it has its own little scene. And then, um, yeah, two different people asked me about pressing it on vinyl. And I was like, yes, I'll do it. Uh and they were cool enough to work with each other because one's in Germany. Uh, so the first the first volume or the first volume, the first pressing of this is coming out in Germany like uh, this month. And then the American pressing will come out in February of 23. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. I'm pretty psyched. I mean, like I like the record and, you know, people I played it for, people seem to like it. So. I mean, yeah. I know that when we saw you solo fairly recently, you fucking rocked it, man. I mean, oh, uh, I say solo in air quotes because you had a uh, couple of people that just randomly joined in you, with you, and that's rad as fuck, oh, too. Oh, my God. That <laughs> night, huh? That night was crazy, huh? Yeah. yeah. The, that, that was a lot of fun. was incredible. It was a weird wow. venue with some odd, an odd older crowd. Like, yeah. like there was definitely that one woman who was like, I've been a fan of yours for fucking years. And then uh-huh. there was a bunch of like dudes that were just like standing at the bar with their asses out. And it's like, oh, yeah, oh, w- w- what's your deal, guys? Oh, that but was still, that, there was a lot of fun and you fucking rocked it that night. Yeah. 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 When the when the townie bullshit ended, everything was cool. Yeah, yep. you know, it's funny because the guy, the guy we were on tour with, so so we were on tour for this record. I mean, I have so many things out right now, so I'm I'm happy to talk to people about or absolutely all of it. The record we were on tour with for that tour is uh, it's called Fifty Two Pickup, 
Mm-hmm. And it's a, a guy that I met at Slacker shows. He came up with this idea for a covers album. Um, you know, and people have ideas. They come up with things. They're like, I, I would love to hear people that I enjoy covering my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. I say, okay, cool. You know, so he hired me and I said, yeah, show me what you got. Tell me who you got in mind. I, be, I became the kind of producer of the, of the album. Um, I didn't really, I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but it really came out good. And so, you know, we ended up, it was me and Chris Murray did the bulk of the album. Uh, there's a couple of duets and then basically it's us trading off songs. And then Lauren, uh, Napier over here, she did two songs. Uh, I, yeah, she did two songs as well. Awesome. So it's cool. It's like it's like a smorgasbord of of stuff, and it's kind of classic tunes that people know from the '60s and '70s. Um, yeah, I didn't expect it to be as cool as it is. It's like reggae and ska versions, acousticy, weird versions. And then so we go on tour, and what was the best gig of the tour? But that Boston show. I mean, the guy playing congas behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that's that's this guy Alex. I can't remember his last name. Alex and then uh, Marta, the uh, sax player. Yes. My God, she mm-hmm. surprised. I mean, she. I heard her playing when we did the Slackers Boat Show. And I just thought, wow, like that, that's great saxophone. And then Absolutely. like, I, I poked my head in and like, you don't expect to see this like very like studious looking young lady just killing it, you know, like it's not what, it's not what you expect. And I mean, mm-hmm. despite what all stereotypes aside and everything, it just really is like, wow. Uh, yeah. So I invited her. I said, Hey, if you're around, if you're in the neighborhood, just stop by bring your, bring your horn. Okay. Make sure don't show up without your horn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it would be a shame. Yeah. I'm like, don't just come hang out. Like definitely come play. Like you're more than invited. And yeah. that was so great to see, like, just the three of you and, like, how organically that all just came together of you sitting oh. there with, like, your 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 drum, your guitar, and your uh, harmonica as you're singing and strumming and uh, uh-huh. hitting the kick drum or the cymbal. No, uh, the, sorry. The, it's a kick drum and tambourine. Drum. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then like, have, I, like, I, have the Congo guy join can... in and have you just be like, Marta, come on. <laughs> yeah. But it blows my mind watching you. I like, so now I've seen you a couple of times solo, and it's like, how the hell do you keep that much shit straight in your brain? Like, uh, <laughs> people with mu- high music intelligence, like, just it, it's, it's a part of the brain that, like, if you don't, if you can't access it, you just can't. Like, yeah. I can't even picture that, but like um, Chris Campbell, who I I think you actually saw Thursday night. I think he was at that gig in Maine that you, I think El Grande played at that gig in Maine. Um, oh yeah. Chris Campbell. That's right. Yeah. He's the, he's a former co-host of this show and a former boyfriend of mine. Oh, yeah. um, he, uh, if you end up listening to the show, our intro and outro music is el grande <laughs> yeah it's right. the contender because they uh, there's Made a beer, beer named after it yeah um that's cool but like i remember when he and i went to visit my cousin in chicago who is like 
originally had gone to was going to school for opera singing and was told that he should switch because he was good but he wasn't good enough to go pro so he became a music teacher but like he just has a bunch of instruments around because he's a music teacher so mm-hmm. you know the two of them sat down and it's like okay now now you know now you play you know the piano and i'll play the guitar no now you play this horn yeah. and i'll play the guitar and it's just like <clears throat> how like you just they both are able to like pick up instruments and just play them and that it's yeah. it's just a whole part of my brain that like <laughs> i can't access well it takes all kinds i mean there's not every musician that is that sort and for example like chris murray and i are a nice combo chris is more studious and more he likes to prepare mm-hmm. um and me i am chronically unprepared uh, off the Dave. cuff. You're in good company here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, for a scientist, I'm chronically unprepared. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm simultaneously unprepared and extremely prepared. Mm. I, I, but I can relate to that. That's very relatable to me. Like I'm prepared to go into every situation without doing my homework, but having my skill set kind of like ready for anything. Um, Dave, our sax player in the Slackers, he says to me, he says, you know, Vic, he says, you're you're one of those guys, you're a natural. But the naturals, sometimes they don't get as far as the people that really have to meet it, you know? And uh, like Dave, for example, is not a natural. Dave has done everything by intention. Mm -hmm. Like he wanted to play saxophone in a ska band. Like that was his original intention at like 19 years old or whatever it was. Um, and he did it, you know, or whatever it was, 16. Every note he plays, he's he's had to work for, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so in a way. Awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in a way, Dave will play better than me. You know, Dave will be the guy that he's more prepared. He's He's more studied he's he's used to studying like it's no big deal for him they'll like, oh, learn this set yeah cool i've been studying for 30 years now that's what i do i study things i do things with intention and me i show up being like oh, i'll wing it and mm-hmm. I, I do really good but then sometimes i you know sometimes i flop i fall on my face you know but i'm i'm willing to jump into the abyss because i i'm like oh i'm a good i'm a good swimmer in this abyss you know yeah but it take, that's what I mean. It takes all kinds. So when you have a combination like me and Dave or me and Chris Murray, um, or actually the slack is balanced very well that way, that's when you get the magic because you're like, some people, they're forcing me to actually know what the set list is going to be. They're forcing mm-hmm. me to practice a few times more than I want to, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's just that thing. And, and very much that's my reason that I play the drums by myself and all that stuff is because I, I can't stand practicing anymore. Like I just want to go on stage, put some drums under my feet and go for broke. See what happens. You know, mm-hmm. I, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, especially like given how, given how jammy just like you alone is, it would make sense mm-hmm. to me that you just sort of, you, you like having total control. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I learned how to do it on the fly. Like I learned many things. And 
one, one gig is worth 10 rehearsals to me. You know, if I screw up one gig and I'm like, oh, I really screwed that up. The next day I can figure out what I did wrong and I go in and I play. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I got this. It even happened on the Chris Murray tour. One night I, I was all thumbs. And I was like, what happened? I just, I thought I had it together. It just, everything fell apart. And then the next day I actually had to be like, okay, what happens, you know? Right foot does this, left foot does this, bass plays this. Like, okay, you're doing it, you got this. And like, you know, it was it happens in here more than it happens in my hands and my feet. I mean, a drummer told me that one time. He said, you know, the change happens in your brain because it's these pathways, you know, you have four hands, you have two hands and two feet and they're all doing different things, you know, four <laughs> limbs acting independently. <laughs> Yeah, the funky. But it's not that hard, honestly. Like it. It's not as hard as you think. It, well, for somebody who doesn't have really a brain hard. program for making music, <laughs> music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I, I've discovered a, an odd phenomenon with my brain regarding music, where I can, I can keep, I can keep on key when I'm singing along to something that I'm physically listening to. But mm -hmm. like, even if I've heard that song a million times and I'm in it, I, it's literally playing in my head. I can't do it a cappella. Like, it's two entirely different brain circuits, and like, mm -hmm. they will not connect for me. I can see. That. I have, but that makes no sense. It, like, it's like, why are why is this two different parts of my brain? Like, yeah, I think things are just wired differently. Like, it's it's kind of the way how on stage. Um. I can remember all the lyrics to every song that I need to sing generally, generally knock on wood, you know, mm -hmm. um, but when I went to do my lyrics book, like, um, the slackers made a lyrics book a few years back. Oh my God. Like I went to write the lyrics and I literally have to sing it while I'm, while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Cause I can't remember the first line, you know, I'm like, how does this song go? Um, and then I realized when I went to listen to the recordings, how many lyrics I've changed over the years or how many I change on a daily basis and kind of fudge this and fudge that. And, oh, I like this today. I like that. Like, you know, there's, there's different things that work. pretty rad. It's like amorphous art. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised that stuff changes over time, but if I recall correctly, I think that though that singing and speaking are two different parts of the brain. So that might be why you have to literally sing it. Um, didn't, I mean, I, like Oliver Sacks is the guy who like worked with like all those people who had um, like sensory processing issues. Uh -huh. um, but like I, there might've been somebody who like had like, a tumor or a stroke or something and lost the ability to speak, but they could sing. Mm. I feel like you're right about that. I can't remember what the case was, but like, yeah, that sounds wicked familiar. Well, this happened recently with Tony Bennett. Um, I guess Tony Bennett's had some dementia issues and I think it was like Lady Gaga or something invited him to do something and oh, realized. Yeah. It was like right? last year's Oscars or something. Yeah, no, they or, put out like, an album together, didn't they? They did. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's I like I totally forgot about that. That's awesome though. Um not that he has dementia, but Yeah. But I guess during during the process they realized uh, I this is what I heard. Somehow during the process they realized that he could remember all the lyrics 
to all the songs and sing great. Um, even though he doesn't know like what day it is, who you are, like anything, but that those things are just like, they're hardwired into his head. And I could understand mm-hmm. that because sometimes I'm like completely unconscious and I'm singing the slackers songs, you know, I, I had a bad moment. Allegedly. And, yeah. Well, I had a bad I mean, moment at the Scarfest in, uh, where was it? In uh, Virginia or? Virginia. Somewhere? Yeah, yeah. I ate some sort of honey or something that I didn't realize was like laced with pot or mushrooms or something ridiculous. <laughs> laced. Uh-oh. I mean, it was like some sort of thing that I ate and it was like, here, put this in your tea. And I thought, yeah, yeah cool. Psychedelic whatever, honey you know? is a thing that exists. And yeah, sure. Like, oh my God. When the time came for us to play, I was so stoned. Um, I kept looking at the set list. And I, and as I was playing the song, I'd look at the set list and see, look at the next song. And I was like, oh God, how am I going to remember that song? And then by the time I finished and I was ready to play that song, we'd have already played it. And I'd be on the next song. And mm-hmm. I think the band was looking at me like funny. They were, they were looking at me. They weren't happy with me. But I was like, what's going on? Like, am I actually getting through these songs? Like not aware that I've actually sung it? Like, did this, does this happen? Um, and then I asked a few people that were watching and they were like, Hey, you just seemed like you were in a bad mood or like you were really tired or something, but you sang fine. And the band was great. Oh, I was like, okay. Oh. I'm glad you were able to get through it. Also, fuck whoever fucking dosed you without letting you know. Oh, yeah, I know. seriously. I think it was one of those things where like, you know, people that, that have a lot of pot or whatever it is, shrooms or whatever, I think they're just happy to, you know, they're like, oh, this is great. Like, well, have some of this, da, da, da. And they probably have much better tolerance than I do. I'm not necessarily like some sort of psychedelic oh, I, warrior. You know? I mean, in fairness, like, I smoke a ton, like, well, vape mostly, which second beer, I'll go for that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I, I use a lot of weed because if nothing else, like it, it helps significantly with pain. But um, Yo. <laughs> I have like, I, I mean, you could put like, you know, roll an entire like eighth of an ounce into a joint and I'd probably be able to smoke the whole thing by myself and be fine. Like, I have no tolerance for edibles whatsoever. Like, there was one night where we were supposed to record, and I took a 10 milligram edible, which is supposed to be like a super low dose, because I'm like, oh, this will be like, just really mellow, you know, it'll just like, I'll just chill out. I was so rocked, I couldn't record. (laughs) <laughs> I And I was like, and I rough. was just like a puddle for like two or three hours. And I'm like, this is, this isn't how it's supposed to work. Yeah. No, I, I, I just, you. sometimes the shit just gets you. It's like, bam. Now I like edibles myself. I'm not much of a smoker. I mean, I haven't smoked a thing since I can't tell you how long, maybe probably 15 years since I've smoked a joint Kudos. or a cigarette or a pipe or anything. And I, somebody offered me a cigar one time for something. And I was like, I don't even want to fuck with it. I'm like, I just, I'll pass on the cigar, even though I, I know I, I used to love cigars. Um, but edibles, I must say, if I know I'm not going to get a lot of sleep, um, I'll take an edible like half before I sleep. <coughs> and Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, bless bless you. 
<laughs> but yeah, if I take like half an edible before I sleep, um, I'll sleep so deeply. And if I'm only getting four hours or five hours sleep, I'll actually be able to really get deep, good sleep for the next day. Yeah. Um, I did it recently on this tour where I thought, oh man, we got to get up in like three hours and I'm, this sucks. And I, I took a, a big bite of a chocolate bar and man, I woke up so stoned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh I yeah. I can I, see that. I, it was my shift to drive, but I was like, Chris, you got to drive the first shift. I'm like, I'm, I'm still kind of high. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> been there yeah i i actually discovered uh, what might be worth trying is um cbn for sleep oh yeah um i think it's cbn um i have i've been using like i've been exploring the other cannabinoids besides just cbd and thc totally, but totally. like like cbg is awesome for inflammation anybody who out there who needs it like i i love it i mean i i use it a lot in my daily life. But I mean, even after surgery, it was super helpful. Um, but yeah, CBN, I recently discovered for sleep and I'm like, it's like it, it you know, it just, everything just calms down. Huh. Like, I don't feel like it's knocking me out. I feel like it's just quieting my brain, if that makes sense. Interesting. But I don't I get like that hangover feeling. Huh. Yeah, I always felt like there was there had to be some thing other than THC that was affecting me because I could I remember getting straight THC a couple of times and being like, "Oh, this is great. This is fine." But something about smoking it and something about all that I don't know. It it affects me totally different. I'm getting some oh, other yeah. some other thing in there other than what they're recording officially. So. Yeah. Anything, I mean, anything with plant material is going to have the full spectrum. So, I mean, oh. yeah, you're usually not going to get, it's, they're usually bred to have the maximum amount of THC and then kind of lower of other stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's different strains that are bred for having, you know, I've seen like CBD high strains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when I used to get like canatonic for like my nerve damage. Yeah, um, I just I like doing it better as an edible. I don't know. It yeah. feel it's like if I want if I'm gonna smoke, I kind of want to get high, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's more effective as an edible <laughs> as well. Um, all right, guys. Well, I don't know how your beers are doing, but my beer is empty. Oh, uh, I'm, empty. I'm done. I saw you. I saw you guys finish yours, and I I took my last sip too. It was actually the perfect time right. to take the last sip too. It was like just getting to that next level of like it's flat. It's a little warmer, and then mm -hmm. it's still. It has a different kind of bunch of tastes that come out when it gets warm and, and weird. I mm. noticed that with German beers. that Like, like yeah, Pilsers especially, like Pilsers and lagers often, I notice that, like, as it warms, the flavor and scent do change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's that's like normal. a pounding beer, unless you're getting, like, the giant-ass steins. And, like, what does it taste like at the end of that? Uh, see, I, yeah. I, I like that journey, generally speaking, with most beers, It's except for IPAs that are starting to go. Because yeah. if an IPA is starting to go, then what? like <laughs> that, that oxi the oxidized flavor comes out more and more the warmer it gets. Mm. And that's kind of gross. 
Yeah, IPA is so, kind of lost me. I gotta say. So I'll, should I shall I grab the next beer from the fridge? I'll do it. Oh, if we're gonna do it though, do you mind if we take like um, you know, it's gonna be edited out, but seven like, to ten minutes to go smoke a cigarette and then come back for beer certainly. number two. Yeah, I could um, use a glass of water. But usually, usually we're gonna leave this in here for now. Uh, we do ads. We don't have any official ads because we have no advertisers on this show. But we always start <laughs> off our ads with an anti ad. Fuck you, Zoom. You may not suck anymore, but once you made it so that two people couldn't share a call for more than 42 fucking minutes, we <laughs> ditched you. Um, we're not going to say <laughs> we use because we don't want to advertise Zoom. them. So fuck you, Zoom. Um, That's great. Uh, I mean, positive ad, uh, Zatural Gummies, if you want to check out any of these, you know, alternate cannabinoids that I'm talking about, or you mm. just want like CBD too. Uh, they that's what they focus on, and you can buy their stuff online and also in certain dispensaries. But yeah, the CBG and the CBN gummies highly recommend. Yeah, very cool. uh, also and, uh, positive ad in case like yeah. you forget what episode you're listening to. This is the Vic Ruggiero episode. Check out his stuff, he's a fantastic musician <laughs> and a wicked cool guy. So come back for the second half of this episode where we continue right. talking with this cool guy. <laughs> You're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a great commercial break? I mean, cigarette break. No, I mean, commercial break. I like um, the commercial break. I, I'd yeah. like to, if, if I can, uh, for the commercial break, there was, there was something I wanted to look up. I, I, I heard this great podcast actually, since we're talking about podcasts. Um, and it was, it was on, uh, trees and forest fires. And it was called the California Report Magazine Preview, What Fire Reveals. Oh, cool. Interesting. It taught me so much about invasive species and ridiculous details about fires and forest fires and Native American traditions that I had no idea about. So that's what I'm going to plug. Right. Uh, Check it out. Outside um, of our own world. The the California Fire Review? The California Report Magazine Preview. Preview, what fire reveals? K Q E D. Nice. All right. So check it out, guys. If, yeah. There you go. Um, That's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into beer number two. Beer number let's two get today it. comes to us from a Shilling Beer Company out of Littleton, New Hampshire. It's mm. Petrin Eleven Degrees, a Patal Palat Palat Mavi. I'm sure we're butchering this check entirely. It's a lager. (laughs) A lot (laughs) mavi. In three, (laughs) two, one, crack. Ooh. Mm. It smells like a lager. Ooh, it looks like a lager. Yeah. And it tastes like Jamaican jerk chicken. Weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. In places like the Czech Republic and Poland maybe, I know for sure Slovenia, they call it pivo beer. Mm-hmm. Beer is pivo or pivo. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty solid too. You guys have some good taste in beer, I got to tell you. I too join mm. in on the mm, 
<laughs> that is quite a lager. That's like got some nice flavor. Yeah, I'm digging this. It's mm. got great color too. The amber on it is really nice. Mm. And good head. It reminds Don't me. forget the head. <laughs> the head is fantastic. It's really thick and creamy and like it mm -hmm. stays. It doesn't just disappear in a second. The 12 year old inside of me is chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it also, oh, it reminds me of one of those Oktoberfest beers, but not quite as sweet. Yeah, it it is not entirely dissimilar to a Mertzen, but yeah, it doesn't have as much of that, like, sweet maltiness. Like, mm -hmm. you can tell that they don't use as much in the way of um, malt. Yeah. And it's not as sweet as a Czech beer. Because I like Czech beer quite a bit, but it's a little on the sweet side for me. Mm -hmm. No, this is really nice. Yeah, it, it, it's got a really nice dryness to it instead of, like mm -hmm. a lot of lagers are overly sweet to me. And this is yeah. like super pleasant. <laughs> yeah, it's got a kind of a caramel kind of little yeah. burnt burnt caramelly kind of uh, flavor happening under there. Like it's like, Ooh, but again, the fact that it's not sweet keeps it classy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I don't drink lagers all that often. Like I, I sometimes forget how much I love the smell of lager yeast. Like there's something, there's just something about that particular smell. Yeah. Mm. All right, I feel like this is a perfect lead-in for me to ask the question that was prefaced mm. at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um, so, so, Vic, looking at your Wikipedia, it, it's got you know a bunch of information about you, and it also has you know also known as, and mm -hmm. it's like, all right, so <laughs> Ruggeru, Ruggeru, like makes some sense. Uh, like, yeah. I, I, like it feels like a nickname I'd make up for someone. Okay. Big Rick, also mm -hmm. makes sense. Same thing with Bad Vic. Bad Vic is a big one. Yeah, that that one that came from the studio. Me and Vic Rice used to uh, make records together, and we would write our names on the coffee cups uh, because we didn't want to waste coffee cups, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, everybody write your name on the coffee cup, and it would be Vic and Vic. I'd be like, well, whose cup, you know? And be like, well, you know, there's good Vic and bad Vic. So Vic Vic Rice would put a little halo over his, and I'd put little horns on mine. That's awesome. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> that wasn't Hell even yeah. the one that i wanted to ask about okay but that is that's awesome additional story that huh. there's a fourth aka on here of lord sluggo oh yeah yeah i'm just i'm curious like you're curious okay so lord sluggo comes out of um the stubborn all-stars era okay um when jeff baker and i and a few guys we we put together an all-star team from new york and it was a joke, you know, it was kind of like, we weren't quite sure if we were going to stick to it, but, uh, you know, Jeff came up with King Django cause you know, everybody's like Prince Buster, you know, um, mm -hmm. okay. You know, so I guess that's why I'm unsure of this one because like, I didn't know the history of it, but yeah. So, so you're like, you're like a Skogwar. Well, what happened is, is we, I used to go out with this girl, uh, well, she she was a, a fixture in our scene. She managed the slackers for a short while. She worked for Hellcat. And mm -hmm. uh, he would always say, 
hey, you guys, you look like Sluggo and Nancy, like the comic book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he used, to, he used to joke around because Jeff's a wise guy, you know. Every time we'd show up somewhere, he'd be like, hey, look, Sluggo and Nancy decided to show up, you know. And so Sluggo became kind of my, his nickname for me and for us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she had short hair. She had like a little, she had very thick hair too. So she really did look like Nancy in that way, <laughs> you know, kind of like Monchichi hair. And I always wore a, a, like a pull cap, like one of those newsboy caps. Yeah, so yeah. It, it made sense. And he was like, well, we'll just, you know, we'll make you Lord Sluggo because, you know, everybody in the Calypso scene and reggae and ska scene has to have, uh, you know, a title. It has to be Sir Duke, you know, Duke Reed, <laughs> Prince Buster, you know. <laughs> and then he became King Django, like King Tubby, right? Everybody had to be something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it never really stuck outside of the stubborn world, even though a few people still call me Sluggo. That's awesome. And, you know how it is with nicknames. Like people give you nicknames in different situations and then you kind of know how they know you from what they call you, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, totally. You know, I know the difference between somebody that calls me one name versus another. If somebody calls me Sluggo and I don't know them immediately, it means they know me from the stubborn thing and they're just, they're kind of like rolling up on me trying to be cool. They're like, hey, Sluggo. <laughs> You know, I'm like, come on. I'm like, you can't fool me. I know everybody from that scene. So, you know? so what you're trying to tell us is like, next time we see you, we shouldn't call you Sluggo. <laughs> <laughs> or can. we do because it's hilarious. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, oh, uh... it's Sluggo, yeah. yeah. If, you like, if you like Sluggo, you can, you can feel free to call me that. I actually was looking for a newsboy cap. I, I'm never quite sure what to call them either. There's a proper name for them in Scotland or whatever. Scally. A Scally cap? Yeah. 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 So I was looking for one because I'm going on this European tour with the Slackers soon. And I want to bring this this hat that I'm wearing here is a straw hat. I guess one of you can see, right? But, yeah. Um, it's this floppy straw hat. And straw hats are really good for live performances because they're cool. You know, yep. they, they dry quick. You know, if you wear a felt hat, a felt hat is hot. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a hot stage and it gets wet and you're sweating, it tends to like, it shrinks, the leather bands shrink. Like, yep. so a, mm-hmm. a straw hat is really yeah. useful for stage wear. But I'm going to Europe and like, I'm going to be coming home be- right before Halloween. Um, it's going to be cold, you know? So uh, I might bring a hat to keep me warm as well as a stage hat that. Luckily, this one is really floppy, so I think it'll it'll pack well. So, I would recommend yeah. checking out um, Chowder Heads. No, Chowder Heads. I think is like A H. Chowder. Chowder Heads Chowder is heads? a uh, Massachusetts-based company that makes scallies, and uh, oh, I've really? got one of theirs, and I think it's fucking fantastic. Because it's classic. Okay. It's also classic Boston Irish guy. Yeah, it's classic Boston okay. Irish guy. <laughs> I'll put Chowder that heads. down. I'm going to write that in my notes here. Uh, it might be a Z at the end as well, because it's just stupid. Oh, yeah. Because it, it's it's like it's like Tommy from fucking Southie, kid. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get my, my, my Chowder Heads hat on, you know? Oh, my God. I well, I was like, thinking I mean, it was well, more like <laughs> Mackie and Johnny and uh, 
who, who's who's the other Backstreet Boy? No, not Backstreet Boy. New Kid oh on the Block. <laughs> no, not New Kid on the Block. Is it Mackie Mac with... and the Funky Bunch? Is it Chowder with an H at the end? Chowder. That's Chowder. Ent- Say yeah. it right, Frenchie. Chowder. Chowder. <laughs> Chowder. Chowder. <laughs> oh, Chowder. <sure> <laughs> That's good. Oh man, it's like. I've gotten shit for, you know, how bad my Boston accent is. And it's like, you realize that, like, when I'm doing it, I'm usually, like, making fun of it. I'm not trying to do it seriously. Yeah, almost nobody in Boston has a Boston accent except for, like, a small neighborhood in South. You have to have grown... Well, no, it's not even a small neighborhood, but, like, you have to have grown up in certain places. Like, I've met people who had it naturally, who grew up in, like like Southie or Eastie, but like also I've seen like uh, Somerville, the, Charlestown, like, like yeah, that the, kind of stuff. Like there's a Malta Rivia. accent. There's a Revere accent. Oh man, Somerville's I mean, got a crazy really. one. Yeah. yeah. I, used to, I used to know a no, I used to know a girl from Somerville or Medford. Maybe it was Medford. Maybe Medford. And my God, she just had some accent on her. It was great. Yeah, she'd be like, it's oh, just like this, you know, come on, kid. Like all the time. Kid, what the fuck are you doing, kid? Yeah. Oh, hey. <laughs> Sorry, nice. excuse me and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was great. She'd always be like, Victor, how you doing? What do you want to drink? <laughs> we used to call her nickname was Whiskey Sour because she'd go like, you want, what do you want? A whiskey sour? You know? Awesome. Whiskey sour. Yeah, that's about right. And I'd like, be like, yeah, whiskey sour. Get me one of those. <laughs> but it's funny. I've met a I've met a couple of people in my life who have been like disappointed that I don't have a Boston accent. And it's like, dude, I grew up in a northern suburb. I don't I no. And my parents grew up in Connecticut. Come on. Yeah. Like, no, I do not have an accent. It depends. You know, the people from New York too. Not everybody sounds like me. I have a I have a borough's accent. I have one yeah. that comes a particular borough and it's a particular time period. And I happened to have a bunch of relatives that I hung out with from that particular, that era. Um, it even affects my tastes. You know, uh, I just remember talking to somebody about chopped liver and uh, this, this guy was like, you must've had some really old parents, huh? And I was like, well, it's not that they were old, but they were like old school, you know? Yeah. And I'm not even Jewish, you know, but we ate chopped liver. Like my mother was like a chopped liver and aficionado, you know? So I mean, I am a fan of liver. Uh, she won't oh. eat it because uh, of what it does. But I think I know different too, livers are delicious. I don't eat mm-hmm. organs mostly because I know entirely too much about what they do. And I knew entirely too much about what they did before I ever got <laughs> exposed to them. Uh, so it was like, well, now all I'm thinking about is how the, this like filters blood and is is like a place where you store fat and stuff like. I didn't. I I thought maybe that because it was making the good stuff, it was like you know, f- t- keeping the good stuff and letting the bad stuff go. I thought that, maybe it was. That's full how of good I stuff. feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> then again, it's also stick, full of you enzymes. A, you stick a pate in yeah. front of me, and I'm oh, gonna no. fucking eat the shit out of that shit. It really is delicious, and the truth is, <laughs> I don't want to know or care. <laughs> like it's, yeah. I don't eat yeah. that much liver, but I know that when I eat liver, it generally feels good. And I'm pretty attentive to how I feel when I eat food. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it feels uh, right. It has a high iron content. So especially mm-hmm. and if that's, you have But any that's not a problem anemia, for me. I love stuff great. with blood in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, like yeah. I don't black pudding. Black yeah, black delicious. pudding. I've introduced oh, him to so black pudding. Good. Oh yeah, god, give, give I know. me a good Irish bre- or give me a good English breakfast. Any Irish breakfast mm-hmm. is based is a very similar thing. I oh, mean, isn't it the same without the fried bread? I mean, mm. why the fuck would you do the fried bread unless like you really need to save the fat? Because like it's like yeah, that's what I want is a thing that tastes like it's a sponge that's soaked in bacon grease and like, but somehow the bacon grease has lost all of its flavor. <laughs> Like I don't, well, I don't know. Have you ever had fried bread, Vic? Like it's yes. just. I'll tell oh, you the man. differences between England and Ireland. Um, the food in Ireland is like unreal. They actually, it's all good products. It's it's all farm raised stuff. It's it's like it's a little island, and they do it right. And in England, they're trying to do it right, but they they kind of miss the boat on some stuff, especially with like fried bread. I don't even eat bread anymore. Yeah. Back in the day when I used to, I, I even noticed it. Um, and I just did it today, actually. Um, we had some cornbread around. Mm, and it was like, it was kind of like, bread. yeah, it was, it was like chewy kind of cornbread or whatever. Oh, but there was some bacon <laughs> and the grease was sitting in the pan. And I thought, I'm just going to fry up this cornbread in the bacon grease and turned it into this like delicious, like bacon fried polenta thing. It was, oh, oh that man. sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was so good. It was probably like 2,000 calories. It was like all the fat and Whatever. food I needed for the entire day. I should have gone. I mean, look, I rode my bike a bunch, so I had some errands to run, and, and the, the van broke down, so I'm riding a bike right now. And uh, I, I hopefully I used, I used some of that, you know, some of the calories. Oh, yeah. Totally <laughs> worth I'm, I'm it. I'm sure yeah. the bacon gods blessed you on your bike ride. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the bacon like- gods, they're, they're serious. <laughs> yeah oh man bacon so if good. you but don't like... appease them they will give you congestive heart failure so you <laughs> must appease them <laughs> we love the bacon i will say this though like the uk gets a bad rap for food like i've generally eaten really well when i've been over there like mm-hmm. england i think took a little bit longer to get on board but like like for instance like scotland and wales like i've had some really oh yeah mind-blowing food there yeah like Oh man, like the especially the way the Welsh do um, pork belly. Oh my mm. god! Uh, Wales, like Wales it's is a great perfect. Ah, uh, yeah. Wales really was is. one of the first places that I understood Shakespeare. Um, it's funny because you can you can see a, a a setting in a theater, or see pictures, or they put it on the cover of a book, but until you stand on the craggy, rocky shores of a cold you know, coastline with the waves smashing against a, a castle that's falling apart. Like you don't really get Shakespeare. Like at least I, yeah. I suddenly understood Hamlet or what Macbeth or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh, this is like, really, this is tough living. Like the castle yeah. is not a comfy place to be. Like I understand why no. Macbeth is out there. Like everybody's out there murdering each other for whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, trust me. Yeah, like there's uh, it, the, and the funny thing. I mean, one of the things that I find the most interesting about Wales in particular, actually, I mean, just the UK in general, is like it's not a very big place, and like, but there's a ton of different like climates and like mm-hmm. weather areas. Like, I remember being in like the northwest coast of of Wales, and being like, those are fucking palm trees. <laughs> 
Oh, really? They have palm trees that grow in Northwest Wales because, I mean, I'm not sure that they were native to there because it's a seaside town. So mm-hmm. it's like yeah, a resort they, town. They were so brought there. Not that but... they were brought there, but like they don't, they survive there because it doesn't freeze. It's so yeah, weird. isn't that the same town that uh, The Prisoner was filmed in? Like the original no, The Prisoner? No, that is in um, Port Marion. It's a like three-quarter right. like three scale village. Um, no, you're th- it's the, the place I'm talking about is uh, Landudno, which is where that um, like Lewis Carroll oh. like, statue and stuff yes. was. I think he used to like <laughs> vacation there live there i don't know interesting that's cool i'm looking forward to getting back over there and touring it's oh been yeah a, it's been a little while i love europe in england in particular um i mean obviously we're such anglophiles for music as much as jamaican heads that we are mm-hmm. in the slackers and my other you know all my related scenes we're totally anglophile you know like we oh yeah we study the British uh, trends that happened, you know, from wh- whether it be ska, reggae, two-tone, you know, punk, the mod scene, it- it's all coming through England as a filter, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to get over there and get a little bit of the, you know, every time we get over there, we soak up a little, another part of the culture and feel, you know, I always feel like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it just a little bit more now, just a little mm-hmm. bit. Yep. You know, I I, I'm, I'm mostly an Anglophile when it comes to their um, their visual media. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I love I love a number of British directors and series and movies. Mm. And, mm. Uh, like Edgar Wright. If you've not seen Last Night in Soho or don't know who Edgar Wright is, check out everything he's done because he's mm. fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, I Suggest something see... to me because I, I haven't seen Edgar, Edgar Wright. I'm not sure if I. Have. I bet you you have. Have yeah, you ever seen? The any, the well, Dead. it was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say the Cornetto trilogy, Hot Fuzz. Ah. Those are the two most popular from it because. Uh, um, I mean, I, I love At World's End, but At World's End, yeah. Uh, oh, World's part End of the was. Minority. Was it not, At World's not, End? Not this is the end, but At World's End. Yeah, at World's End is the Simon Pegg, you know. Nick Frost. Uh, hmm. Did you ever watch Spaced? Space series. Uh, no, I, I, I missed a lot of stuff. I miss a lot of modern media. Anything oh, that, past I mean, the seventies, I, I, I have oh, problems. All right. So yeah, what, I was going to say name? Name? Nick. What? Nick. Oh, well, uh, Edgar, uh, Edgar Wright, Wright is the director. Yeah. Edgar. He's a solid director. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, he's why the script for the first Ant Man was so good. Yeah, uh, super disappointing. Good, what's a good starting place? Shaun of the Dead. Shaun if of you've the never Dead. Seen it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw Shaun of the Dead. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, and then, the World's and End then, is the one that I I did see part of that World's End. Okay, so I have seen something of this guy Edgar Wright. Yeah, and if you haven't seen Hot Fuzz, that one's also great. Okay, yeah, that that's one, the that other great third of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, his the newest dead. movie was Last Night in Soho, which I still haven't seen. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. Uh, if you like horror, uh, it's a super solid time travely kind of horror that's set between today and the 1960s, and it's 
super mod and it's so fucking rad. Okay, I'm going to put that in parentheses mod vibe. I mean, uh, if here, you here's have a qu- quick, HBO you Max, know, it's on there. Quick shout out to HBO Max. Face, thing that's not going to last to be there in a year. <laughs> I was going to say, if you ever, if you're ever wondering if a movie is good or not, shout out to our other podcast, See It or Screw It. It's oh, yeah? mostly bad movies that I choose because I love bad movies, but I also love and, good movies. So okay. and this is why Liam and I are going to coo him at some point. <laughs> Yeah, what if I watched recently? You know, it's funny. I just watched on the plane coming over, uh, coming west. I watched The um, Incredibles 2. Oh, right. I didn't expect. I mean, the the first Incredibles, I, I'm i not a huge Pixar fan or anything like that. And yeah. I think that they were a little monochromatic when it comes to emotions. But that... Um, yeah. <laughs> that... Uh, Incredibles movie, the original, was a standout as far as I'm concerned. And when I saw the second one was on the list of the movies, like I didn't have to think twice. And all the other movies, I'm like, well, what do I want to watch? The Godfather? Do I want to watch Woody Allen movie? Do I want to watch this? Do I want that? And I'm like, yeah, you know, Brian Wilson documentary. Meh. I see the Incredibles. I just clicked on watch. Like it, it happened so instinctively. And then I, I was like, that happens. <laughs> yeah, just completely wrapped for the next, like, whatever, 90 minutes or whatever they they keep you there. It oh, was great. I forget how long that one is. I think it's like 145. But like, yeah, it, it's it's a very enjoyable experience from what I remember. It was really good. It wasn't. The, it definitely was not the first one. The first one is singular. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but this was definitely good. And I was. I was interested the whole time. There's something every once in a while, one of those recent movies will grab me and I'll, I'll like, um, what was it? Uh, Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. I did not expect to enjoy at all. I just liked her hair cut or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so I said, ah, I could, I could probably watch her hair, her hair do for a couple of minutes. And, you know, it had nothing to do with, the original, you know, Disney movie or whatever. It was some other bullshit, you know, thing. But it was really good. I enjoyed it. It was a far more enjoyable watch than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't really the story. It was the style. And, like, style can go a long way for me, at least. Oh, totally. Like, again, I've said this multiple times. Like, I... It, for me, it's about, did I enjoy it? Like, did I have fun watching it? Not like, is this going to win an Academy Award? Mm-hmm. Where like... Although I think that Corella did win an Academy Award. I, uh, I, art how, design, costume. costume. I, I can see the costumes. The costume so is amazing. So here's a question. Does that like validate it in Dan's mind? No. Okay. Just yeah. just was wondering. <laughs> oh, he still just hates on things just as much, no matter what. Got it. Pretty much no matter what. Hey, there, um, are bands, yeah. Ooh, there are hey. bands that we validate for their costumes, even though they made mm-hmm. crap music. <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough, kiss, cough, cough. Uh, cough, cough, guar, cough, cough. Uh, come on, guar is fun, but like, guar is shit. super fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. you, you had, you, you, your mind was something was coming. What was it? Oh, yeah. Something was coming. Um, well, I might as well, like, 
if you have any interest in Guar and like documentaries at all, on Shudder, there is a documentary called This is Guar that's about really? <laughs> Guar. It's a pretty decent documentary. Uh, the other thing I was thinking is if you are a fan of Predator at all and have not watched Prey mm. yet, you should watch Prey, man. Oh, yeah. I'm not really. Like, yeah. Predator really didn't get me. I, I love sci fi, and I watched the uh, recently, I watched the series called The Expanse. Oh hell yes! Uh, series, yeah, we, we've watched <laughs> oh, the experience. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. Like it, I, I like I want a Halloween party to go to just so I can dress up like drummer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, drummer is yeah. awesome. But oh, I, I, I enjoyed drummer. the first story, the first plot line. They had me, and then yes. once the like second, maybe it was the second season came in, it was like. Okay, they lost me a little bit, and then they turn into that other that typical thing that happens on series where you could have fit it into a two hour movie, but it took like an entire season. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of like me. three and four. Yeah, so I stopped watching after that point. I, oh boy, oh, I mean, you should finish you like it. Sci- it does you really should finish it. It yeah. gets it gets better again. You're right. There's it, so I want to say, <laughs> I want to yeah. say season two is actually the weakest season if i recall correctly uh first half of season three because it's them trying to like course correct a lot of stuff from season two. Oh, okay that's what it is but yeah after that like it picks back up and it's not all that long of a series it's so the thing is is they were a little bit hamstrung in the sense <laughs> that it's based on a book series which mm-hmm. i have not read but like yeah, i really kind of so do I, especially yeah. because there's more like the reason they didn't keep going with the show was because there's a huge time jump. There's like a 20 year time jump between books like five and six. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, <laughs> wow, <laughs> we're not doing it. So um, interesting. Oh, plus it didn't help that like one of the main actors. Oh, God, I know uh, the guy came... who plays Alex got me too. Yeah. Oh really? He's a sex pest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, rough. Yeah. Yeah. But still, yeah. the series is good. <laughs> I mean, he was probably my least favorite of the main cast. Well, I don't know. Yeah. If you ever want recommendations for stuff, uh, we we watch a hell of a lot of sci-fi. Uh, yeah. Like, if you haven't watched, you know, if you like sci-fi, if you haven't watched Mr. Robot yet. Mm-mm. Oh mm. yeah. Well, I That's don't watch much TV. <clears throat> But, I, but what I do one is of the when best I go, series I've ever watched. Mr. Robot? Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll put that on the list too. Uh, when I but go like, on the stick road, that one out. I often make a list of things I want to check out because it's one of the few moments that I might have some downtime, mm-hmm. particularly in Europe. Um, sometimes we have long drives. You know, what we do is we'll buy um, we'll buy DVDs at. Um, mm-hmm. Like when we get to a city, we have some favorite cities, particularly in in England. We have cities where we can like buy DVDs and, you know, we'll watch them on the bus. It's like the only time you can Thanks. watch a movie. And also you watch movies like with your friends, like because I'm friends with. Yeah. This so it's not it's not even like a band that I'm not happy to be with. You know, it's. Uh, I'm happy to share. Uh, a series we were watching the mighty Boosh a lot oh god i love that show i love that show i became such a huge mighty boosh fan from the slackers (laughs) like i didn't want to i didn't want to go over to the boosh side because i'm a you know i'm like uh i like the young ones i like monty python 
Mm-hmm. And we'll watch that too. Uh, one, one of the, the series that uh, Marcus really loves is uh, Black Adder. Mm-hmm. Speaking of British TV, right? Old British TV. Ooh, so I was like, Red okay. Dwarf? Red Dwarf. Yeah. Oh, yes. Awesome. So good. So oh, good. If awesome. Actually, yes. that's a good idea. So good. Speaking of sci-fi, maybe next time I go over, I mean, this time when I go over, I'll try to find some Red Dwarf stuff. Hell yeah. But yeah, so they were, they were all watching Mighty Boosh, and I'm like, come on, like, what is this? And like, holy cow, so good. Eels up inside you. Oh my God. Did you notice too that <laughs> if you look on YouTube, their version of Eels Live is Ska. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It's t- I it's know what I'm doing after we finish this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say yeah. that it's great, and I got to tell you that that, um, what's his name? Neil. Uh, Neil Barrett. Uh, no, whoever whoever, um, whoever plays uh, Noel Fielding, Noel Noel Fielding, yeah, um, he definitely w- does not know the amount of effort it takes to be in a live band because you can see halfway through the the song he just is like done he like lost steam. Oh but yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Yeah. He he is an actor, not a musician, and a comedian, yeah, <laughs> and a comedian, and really good. But I just I didn't realize. Oh, sometimes I love. I, like you he's great somebody. on British Baking Show. <laughs> oh my god! Right? Oh yeah, so good. That's a weird one too. I really like that one. I have to admit. Oh, same. <laughs> like it. It's like I mean, I ter- I always tell people it's like dessert for your brain. Like it just, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of like, you know, nice people being nice to be in supportive to each other while also like you know, I mean, Paul still Hollywood being a little bit. Your, uh you know, uh, Simon Cowell, but like he's one tenth of the dick as a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) he's like more like slight snark. And also he's figured out that he's sort of intimidating. So now they like, will just have him, you know, you'll have the camera, like they clearly set it up so you can see him like standing and like staring at somebody and they just go, (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, uh, yeah, it's like Paul and you can see in like, in you can't, it's like, it's not written on his face, but you could see in his eyes like this is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, a great movie. I don't know if you guys ever watched, um, Straight No Chaser, the, um, Thelonious mm-hmm. Monk movie. This no. is from, I think it was made in the sixties or seventies. Um, but there's a moment where. Thelonious Monk is playing piano and he's wearing his sunglasses. He's looking really cool and everything. And he's really serious, like sucking his cheeks in, playing Mm -hmm. piano. And they talk to him later and they go like, man, like you is so cool. Like why, you know, do you always wear your sunglasses when you play piano? And he goes, no, man, they put Count Basie just sitting in a chair right across from me. And like, it made me so nervous. I like couldn't, I couldn't look at him. And I didn't know what to do with myself. So I'm t- basically, he's just in this, having this panic attack as he's playing piano. And then once you understand that, you see it and you go like, oh my God, yeah, Monk is just like freaking out. You know, he's, and it's like, uh, Count Basie isn't even playing on that song. So he's just literally hanging out. They have him like sitting on a chair. It's like, it maybe it reminded me of uh, that guy from the cooking show. It's like, oh, here you are. Like he's looking, you know. Like, what's mm-hmm. he thinking? Like, I can't function now. I'm just like having a total freak out. And that just suddenly makes me think of the Statue of David, where if you look at it from below, it's just like, oh, hey, 
giant guy with tiny dong. You look from, <laughs> at it from above, you see the terror in David's eyes as he's supposed to be facing Goliath. And oh, like, yeah. it, it, it's just the brilliance of perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, like I, every once in a while, you know, playing or something like that, uh, I get off stage and somebody says like, oh, ain't you Mr. Cool? Like, I get it. Like, you're too cool. I'm like, man, when you see me acting cool, sometimes I'm just totally freaking out. Like, I'm having a freak out. You know? I, all I know how to do yeah. is like, okay, keep, be cool. Play yeah. it off. It's I mean, cool, you know? I feel like that's kind of part of, you know, becoming an adult is like, it's, it's, it's weird when like, you know, you're a kid and you look at your parents and you're like, oh man, they have this shit so figured out. And then you oh get to God. be an adult and you're like, no one has it figured out. We're <laughs> all just like winging it constantly. Like, screaming through the void. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I feel like especially once you get into like your mid to late thirties, you finally realize that you are like sort of competent at some things, but like you're like... No one, no one's gonna buy that I'm a real adult. Come on, nobody's buying it. No. I get it. Hey, by the way, this beer, as it warms up, the flavor kind of mellows out, or maybe yeah. I'm just getting used to it. But I noticed at the beginning it was kind of they had this little citrusy thing happening, and now as I'm getting near like the, well, I have a little bit left in the can because I like to do that, you know, like leave a little bit in reserve. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, that would have been a good idea for this episode. But it's like the citrusy thing kind of kind of mellowed out. And it's actually it's one of those things that happens with German beers where as it gets warmer, I actually start I start to enjoy it more. It's almost mm -hmm. like the uh warmer and flatter it gets, you get different flavors out of it. It starts to become like yeah. you know, more complex. That's why a lot of beers, like a lot of traditional style beers are traditionally served cask temperature like mm -hmm. it really um they're it's always fun when you like if you ever find a bar that has cask i don't know that anybody really does that anymore because like the the beer trends have trended towards things that really need to be kept cold yeah. but like it used to be really cool to find a bar that had you know like a cask and it was like yeah it's it's warmer and flatter than you're used to but like that's how it's supposed to be mm. so you're getting what was originally intended for the recipe, especially when you're talking about like, you know, like German or Belgian beers that have been around for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is what this is supposed to taste like, not like when it just came out of a fridge. I get it. That's true. You're right. You're right. Because it's cool it, enough over there that the beer will stay and it'll keep long enough. Mm -hmm. but, it makes me yearn for the days of British Beer Company and John Harvard's. Because mm. both of them used to carry casks. Cask. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know any places in the U.S. right now that I can offhand think of. Um, I can't. Yeah, neither can I now that you say that. Like, I can't even, you know, I, I don't even think a place like Ginger Man has one at this yeah. point. They might. I don't know. If anybody does, they might. I don't know if that Ginger Man is still there. Oh, I don't know if the one in Boston is still there. There's no way that the one in Manhattan's closed. Oh, well, yeah, the, the Slackers used to rehearse on third uh, street in new york in manhattan and around the corner was a place called dba and dba would always have imported beers there was two places there was dba and burp castle was another one okay burp castle uh specialized in belgian beers 
and they would have some really oddball stuff once in a while. But the DBA would have things like a handful uh, ales, yep, where they get you know different things in at different times. Um, and Marcus's our bass player Marcus, his dad every once in a while would show up, and like he he'd be like, "Hey guys, meet me over at uh, DBA after rehearsal. They have a they have a beer in from England that I've been trying to find forever." And uh, yeah, a couple of us would go over there and like actually taste some real beer, you know, back in the day before that stuff was, I mean, yeah. people didn't even know about this stuff back in the 90s, oh, or early 2000s, you know? I remember, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I We've been into beer for years, but I don't think that like you and I got into beer until like, what, 2006, 2007? I might have started a little before that. I mean, I like, I... And I remember when I first started getting into beer, there weren't a lot of like, you like know, crazy was, was, yeah, I was, uh, I mean, I'm thinking like Dogfish Head, you know, Sierra yeah. Nevada, like a lot of those places that have been around for a long Loganitas. time and are just sort of, yeah, that are just sort of like, eh, now because like all of this other stuff exists, like that's, that was kind of what, what there was for craft beer and like, yeah. It was, I remember going, finding a liquor store, like I would find liquor stores near me that had like great selections of, cause back then the best stuff you were getting was from Europe. So like mm -hmm. you would get, you know, there'd be stuff for, like that. You, it's like you've Lindemann. never seen it before. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, and nowadays it's like, honestly, like the Americans just surged past Europe in terms of craft beer mm -hmm. and um like it or hate what any particular style like you can't deny that americans have like really led the way in like catapulting the ingenuity of like craft beer like oh, we still time. have new styles emerging i mean and smoothie style some, sours smoothie style sours even though they're not really that sour they're like sour, smoothie styles but... are just like Holy shit. It's like I'm getting an entire serving of fruit while drinking this beer and I can't mm -hmm. could not be happier about it. Like it's Oh, they're fantastic. I, I don't know if you've but, gotten into them, Vic, but like try them out. Uh what if is you it? see a four fifty north as long as it doesn't have rum extract, try it. Four fifty north. Uh yeah, it's a brewery is... out of uh Illinois. Ohio. Indiana. Indiana. Ah, one you of know, those, I one had I had a really fantastic sour that, like, yeah, it did it wasn't quite I, what I would describe as beer, but it was definitely something unique. It almost tasted like uh, cider or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big cider fan, so I'm always looking oh. for a cider. if you it, like cider. <laughs> if yeah. you find yourself in Salem, Massachusetts, and you go to Notch Brewery, then you should also go nearby to Far From the Tree, Cideria, Cider House. Really? <laughs> yeah. Cideria. Yeah, that's not, yeah, good. TJ's making up words again. Um, actually, yeah, Sorry, if you go to, whiskey Sa now, so. go to Salem, Mass, just text me and ask me where to go because like i i'll tell you where like the restaurants you shouldn't miss and i'm not talking about like fancy restaurants like flying saucer pizza oh yeah flying saucer pizza you, you grab and, yourself and a if, pie at flying saucer pizza and then you or go if you're to early either... enough ugly mug diner 
Oh, oh yeah. that. I'm more of a diner. I, I gave I gave up on pizza about 30 years ago. Well, maybe 20. I'm trying to think how many years it's been. It's been about 20 oh. years since I've eaten pizza. I, I, I'm gluten-free and dairy-free, so not not completely dairy, but uh, I eat goat well, and sheep. Well, then sheep. Uh, go over to, like, Life Alive. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. That, that's fantastic. If you like fried chicken, I think Bonchon mm-hmm. is still, like, right around there, too. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, stuff. God. Yeah. If you like good coffee, right next door to uh, Flying Saucer is a coffee joint. Um, I forget the name of it, but it's right Are next to Flying Saucer. Are you talking about Gulu Gulu? I haven't yeah. been to Salem for years. I mean, I actually had a really good time in Salem. Probably Salem's around... a fucking blast. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's like, not in October. Just, yeah, just don't go in October. 10 years ago. Maybe a little less than 10 years ago was the last time I really had a day off of fun in Salem. And I can't, I can't. Remember that I've been there since. Then I keep finding find myself in, back there. I really should. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a good solo gig out there that you guys can uh, recommend? I don't know the um, venues in Salem well enough. I'm like, trying to think of Notch might host live music now. Notch and again, probably does, but it's probably um, more summertime. I know. Well, I only want to uh, go to Massachusetts in the summer, anyway. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean aren't you coming here in december and oh, it, we, is we it really any are. worse than new york <laughs> well i don't hang out in new york in the winter much either so. oh that's <laughs> okay that's a fair i point. learned my you lesson actually, you know yeah. yeah you learn to fuck off and get out of the northeast but that's the thing though is like i tell people all the time it's like i feel like if i didn't see snow at least once i would be disappointed mm-hmm. but like one of my favorite hobbies in the winter is bitching about the weather <laughs> like it it's just i don't know it's kind of a new england pastime we I'm, we will complain curious. about any weather basically yeah, and, no unless it's within weather. like a very tight perfect window i know it's got to uh, be like 72 degrees and like you know partly cloudy you know partly sunny and everybody's yeah, like, but, great, it's perfect. Yeah, or perfect. between like 65 no and 72. Because sometimes it's <laughs> yeah. nice, you know, sometimes you have like a cute light jacket you want to wear. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was just up in Maine. We finished, uh, Chris Murray and I finished our gig, as you know, a series of, of gigs with a little uh, Maine thing. And I got to say, there's things about Maine. I could I could dig it. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. willing to give it a shot. I mean, the winter seems tough. But, you know, if you're on the coast, it's not that bad. I mean, it's kind of the same here. Like I, I you get noticeably less snow when you're right near the coast. Like mm. I'm I don't even know how far inland I am, but I'm fairly far inland at this point because I'm in Lowell. And uh, oh, you're in Lowell. I keep finding myself in Lowell. I love Lowell. Like I went to UMass Lowell because I, I mean, I remember Growing up, like Lowell was a really tough place, <laughs> as town. basically all of the uh, the former mill towns were. And uh-huh. you know, UMass Lowell really did a lot to turn the city around, but also like the city's done a lot to turn the city around. And like, there's a you know a burgeoning music scene here. There's huh. you know decent restaurants. Like, I'm not that far from New Hampshire, so if I like. I don't know, needed to buy a couch or something. I don't have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah, there's, Allegedly. There's things about um, New England I like quite a bit. And I think the further out 
side of Massachusetts that I get. Like when I get into, I mean, I like, I like Providence. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, I like some parts of New Hampshire that I've been to. Yeah. Nice. No, there's, yeah, it's pretty. New Hampshire has other issues than. Yeah. Yeah. They're the kind of kooky in New Hampshire. Right there. <laughs> but I yeah. got to tell you from being out West, I'm starting to appreciate the insanity that the, that America is like, uh, oh, yeah. we, we certainly put, I, I put a lot of that into the, my recent music because I think that I've been living in a little bubble of Northeast imaginary land, you know, like, oh, everything's great. Everything's fine. Like, no, everything's on fire. Get out into yeah. the West, in the West, man, everybody's packing. Everything's Everybody. literally on yeah. fire. Yeah. Everything's on fire, literally on fire. Um water is running out like there's no mm -hmm. like the lakes that we depended on like 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 uh, mount shasta like mm -hmm. uh yeah. the one that feeds las vegas uh mm -hmm. you know that they keep turning up the bodies that the mafia threw in there you know i heard that <laughs> sorry i don't mean to laugh at that but like i know uh, it's ridiculous lake it's like one yeah. of those what is it? Mead? Like mead? Like mead? Lake Mead. Mead. Lake Mead. Okay. It's in the Colorado River. The Colorado yeah. River. The politics surrounding the Colorado River are interesting. But like one of the things that, you know, it's like if you want to try to keep this shit going as long as possible, I mean, there, I'm trying to remember who did a video. It might have been Cheddar, but somebody did a video semi recently about um, how Las Vegas has actually like so nevada is allotted way fewer water rights than like any of the other states uh, that are on that cody are dependent on the Colorado did a video River. about that recently mm -hmm. the um, no but there i'm talking there's somebody oh, else who referenced did it. cheddar yeah he that's referenced right. it because they so they are allotted less water than just the city of las vegas uses in a year but they stay under their allotment because basically everything that goes down a drain in las vegas or anywhere especially las vegas goes to a straight to a water treatment plant where they treat everything and then they return it to the colorado river what really so they actually draw more water than they're allowed to and then return a bunch of it interesting yeah. no yes. they, they are an, actually kind of an example of yeah, how interesting. should be but yeah, they've banned lawns. They've banned non-native plants, like in terms of what you're allowed to to put out, well, like have out. Like they I, they buckled down and they did it. Yeah, well, that's one of those things where there's parts of the West. It's informed me about the nature of the U.S. Um, I a lot of things I just did not know, and I didn't realize how rough it is. Like just how a lot of roads aren't really roads. Like we get really spoiled in the oh, yeah. Like you need a, you, you need a truck. The reason why like, they're like, you know, Ram tough, you know, Chevy truck, mm -hmm. you know, Ford trucks. Cause like you can't drive on a lot of those roads. They're just ridiculous. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's why you get yourself a Subaru Crosstrek. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I have not found myself an area that I can't deal with yet. I have more ground clearance than a Wrangler. So, you know, like, but I, I picked that because I, I used to do more um, environmental work like out in the boonies sometimes. And it mm -hmm. was like, 
Okay, I am driving through a gravel pit and in like a normal sedan and like I am just bottoming out. Like Oh yeah, Subaru, no, Subaru. Not a problem right. now. Yeah. I I need a bigger I need like a minivan at least. But I I can't wait until we get like hybrid vans. I'll be the first Oh one. yeah. I'll 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 finance the first time. We don't have hybrid vans at all yet. Not yet. No, not yet. That's supposedly Amazon Amazon supposedly has a little bit of their fleet that's hybrid uh sprinters. And I'm hoping yeah. that someday they'll be like, Oh, you know, we're liquidating the fleet and I can grab myself a used sprinter. But no, there's nothing yet. They they just made a pickup truck, I think. Uh Toyota yeah. and somebody else made a pickup truck. Oh yeah, that was uh are are you talking <clears throat> about the uh the, the was it all electric or is it a hybrid? Because there is a hybrid that's out. Yeah, I mean, um, Ford's got a hybrid pickup truck. Yeah, yeah, they might. I can't wait because I I need my my van just took a crap, so I'm like I'm I'd even finance if it was a hybrid van. Yeah, I, I'll do it. But the only thing is, is that that's the guys they want to steal your catalytic converter, and they want you know all the parts are really expensive, so I'd have to like go in for, you know weld a fucking plate on the bottom of the van you know things like that just just wrap it in razor wire you'll be fine exactly you know little poison darts shoot out of it if somebody tries, <laughs> yeah. to, tries to fuck with it it turns into yeah. like the opening of raiders of the lost ark <laughs> yeah that's ridiculous that, also Actually, that's alfred molina is the guy in the opening of Rangers of the Lost Ark, and every time I remember that, it kind of blows my mind that Doc Ock is the guy who screws over Indy in the opening of that movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's good. I didn't know that. Mm. Alfred Molina's pretty great. <laughs> well, hey, so I probably should I probably should wrap up soon. So what? Uh, yeah, I was just any, thinking. Any, like we're any, we're yeah, almost like we're should. like an hour and forty minutes plus at this point. Yeah, you'll so, uh, never edit this thing if you like. Keep going. <laughs> I can talk and talk. Oh, Trust I, me, I we can edit, talk too. I edit with a very light hand, so don't worry. It's mostly just the uh, time between commercial break. All right. Um. But hey, Vic, it's been a super pleasure to have you. I yeah, really. Cool. I already want to say I want to have you back again because like anytime, this has yeah, been a great like, conversation. Yeah. We can figure it out. I, I as you see, my schedule is really ridiculous, and like somebody asked me to do a piano lesson recently, and I said, "Well, I'm just going to have to wait until I'm near a piano." I'm like, "You got to understand, I don't have anything on hand. I'm I'm mm -hmm. a traveling man, so if yeah. I find myself near a piano, I said I'll send you a message and I'll zoom, and like we can do a piano lesson, but." You know, it's funny. Like I just flying by the seat of my pants is kind of my uh, my nature, I guess. And we admire that about you. Well, thank you. I'm glad somebody we admire does. the shit about that about you. Um, yeah, and the fact that you make it work too—that's yeah. the part that that's like it's like oh, well, I'm sure I could try winging wood. it. I just don't <laughs> think I'd, you know, do as well at. It. <laughs> you know. All right, before we say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Vic, please plug your stuff. Like, like, tell us, tell us. I don't know. Oh my I, god, what do we got? What, what okay, you want so, people to know about? So there's a new the new Slackers record I already plugged. Don't let the sunlight fool you. Um, my solo record. It's called Stuff in My Pockets. 
coming out on uh, org music in the USA in early 2023. And it's being released as an import right now, or if you are German and listening to this uh, podcast, it's coming out on um, Ring of Fire Records out of Berlin. Um, the record I did with Chris Murray, uh, it's called 52 Pickup. That's, you got to just look on our websites and we got to connect you. Uh, I put out a new record with Kepi Gooley, which I didn't talk about at all today, but me and Kepi Gooley made a record years ago during the quarantine. We released it. We did a little couple of dates. We'll do more touring. But this is the style of my life. There's always something coming out. You know, The Witch in the Burrow, check it out on Instagram. That's where I do my stuff with Lauren Napier, and we have our own little demented world that we do. Um, Rad. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I can't stop doing things. I don't know. At some point, I always have to pare down, but that's where I'm at these days, I think. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, yeah. It has been a huge pleasure to have you. Um, fuck. Uh, we've been New England Beer Reviews. I've been TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick with our very special guest, Vic. If you don't know who the fuck he is, then get back <laughs> on that. Um, you, you've had like almost two hours with him. So get, get right. on that. Um, yeah, you Google you me. Can, you can find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. You know, it's all easy to find. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh Twitter, you, I got can, it's all it's all under my name too. Usually, it's either Vic Ruggiero or it's Vic Slacker, and I, you can just find me. I'm around. Um, if you would like to support our show, uh, oh, I it is, oh, I, I, I was just gonna give my like Patreon.com backslash N E B R. That's the initials of our show, New England Beer Reviews. And maybe someday we should make tiers. That might yeah, help too. We might make tiers, yeah. and we should make. We bonus should definitely. Episodes. And uh, uh, <laughs> you know, just throwing that back out there, we also have another podcast called uh, "See It or Screw It" that we do with our friend Dan Murphy and our very special friend Liam Anderson. Yay, Liam! Yay, um, and. I mean, sure. It's a fun one. Le yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Also, you know, check out Liam in the place that we orig that I originally found him at. Uh, well, there's your problem. It's an engineering disasters podcast with slides. Yeah, wow. Slides. So watch, watch it on uh, watch it on YouTube if you do it. But yes, definitely check out our Cedar Screw it because I think it's rad. It's my. That's baby. great. I will check that out for sure. Uh, but yeah, man, it has been a huge pleasure to have you here. Absolutely. Um, I always ask at the end, usually it's just Emily, but today you get the question. Last word? Last word? Yeah. Mm -hmm. just you guys got word. some good taste in beers, man. I did not expect these to be as tasty as they were. I Looking at, the, looking at them, I was like, eh, well, let's see what happens. Love bombs? That rocks. And... I would definitely, next time I come through wherever it is in Massachusetts, I will be looking for this one. This is great. Yeah, right. or I can Brad. point you at other stuff. <laughs> that's, my last, that's my last word on the beer podcast. Awesome. I'm, I'm, Excellent. I'm pretty psyched that you introduced me to another, the very, the very short list of delicious pills in the beers that the USA has to offer thus far. And I have faith. I believe it can happen. Oh, I'll find you more. Don't worry. <laughs> Now, now I have a mission. Yes. Excellent. 
fantastic i, I love the last word of like us beer good <laughs> yes <laughs> there you go thanks for being here man um bye all right peace, bye, man. Everybody.